Hello, and the warmest of welcomes to the Sheffield Digital Podcast. I'm Ian Broom, and just like always, I'm joined by directors Mel Kanarek and Chris Diamond. Today, we're also here with Katie Fenn and Amy Benson, esteemed developers, co-founders of Frontend Sheffield, and organisers of the upcoming Frontend North Conference. Before we crack on with chatting to them, we are bound to say uh, thank you to Rebel Mace Media, and we also want to. Of course we do. We want to do that. Um, They've got this fantastic uh, podcasting studio in the heart of the city. You can come and use it yourself, just like we do. It's at Sheffield Technology Parks. You can get added production help from them, and you can even pay for a mobile setup for your events and such forth. And uh, and that's it. On to the interview. I'm going to casually slide away from the microphones and let Chris and Mel take over. Yeah, what they don't have is five microphones in their studio setup. No. <laughs> we shall put in a request. <laughs> and away I go. So, um, Katie and Amy, welcome to the podcast. It's really great to have you both here. Before we find out more about Frontend North, can you each tell us a little bit about yourselves, what you do, how you got into developing, that kind of stuff? Um, Yeah, sure. Um, So, I've been a part of the Sheffield Tech community for the past 15 years years or so. Um, I've uh, most recently just joined a company called Monzo, the uh, the banking app company. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, I worked for the JavaScript tool company, NPM. Fab. Um, I'm currently a software development manager for Autodesk, who have a little office in Sheffield. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I've done many different development jobs, including with our lovely host, Ian Broom. Um, and I got into it by accident, really. Started with an admin job and ended up doing front-end development, and here I am. Oh, wow. And uh, we've both been involved in organising uh, front-end Sheffield for two years yeah, now. Yeah, it's been nearly two years now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a really popular meetup, isn't it? I mean, you sell out really quickly every month, and I love seeing all the tweets that come out each evening that it goes on. We're absolutely thrilled. I mean... It's it's always packing full the tech parks. We're really lucky to have such a great space and a good community. And it's nice to see the community grow in Sheffield as well. Um, yeah. We've both been a part of it for as long as it's existed, mm. at least 10 years. And seeing it go from strength to strength is exciting. Fantastic. So are you seeing new people come to... to uh... Yeah, every month. It's not because some of them get a bit cliquey. It's just the same 10 yeah. people who turn up every month. But yeah, there's different people all the time. It's really good. Excellent. Yeah. We how many members have how many members have we just broken over six hundred now on meetup over six hundred on meetup. Wow! Obviously, if they all turned up, the tech parts would be very full. I was going to say, <laughs> you, is tech parts starting to creak at the hinges a little bit? <laughs> we but. do always get a bit scared when we sell out. But if everyone turned up, it wouldn't yeah. all fit. Yeah. yeah. Do you think you could um, manage like a venue where you could have a larger audience, or do you like the sort of size that that tech park gives you? Kind of like it. It's kind of nice because it does mean you get the chance to talk to people and quite a lot of people come to the social after we go to a pub or to a birdhouse or somewhere like that. Mm. So it's a bit, it feels a bit more community uh, rather than just projecting at people, I think. Most importantly for us, um, it's comfortable, but also the tech park's also really generous in putting someone on the door. I've been to a lot of meetups where it's not always obvious Mm. where you go and that makes Mm. meetups really inaccessible to people. Mm. Key thing. So... Tell us the story behind Frontend North and how you came to be involved in it. Um, so we've been involved in running Frontend Sheffield uh, at that point for about a year. And um, we've been both a part of the local tech community in Sheffield. I'd been involved in the previous two Frontend Norths, both as a speaker and as an attendee, and also as an MC, I believe, as well. Um, and... Um, 
I think the existing organisers got in contact and said that they weren't interested in putting on another one and asked us whether we'd be interested in doing it. And as with all good things, we had a meeting in the Rutland and that's how things started. And <laughs> So um, many good things have started in the Rutland. Of course. And um, I think we suggested that we would be interested in doing it and it would be an exciting adventure. Yeah, and they very happily handed us over kind of the name and the assets and domain and that sort mm. of thing. Yeah. Um, so it was Make Do who ran it before. Yeah, yeah Kim and right. Dave, I think, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Up in Barnsley. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we, we decided that we wanted to reboot it as a community grassroots-based um, conference, not-for-profit, reinvesting everything that we make back into the conference, um, and uh, trying to run it on as low cost as possible. Mm -hmm. So what sort of people should come along to the conference, and, and why? What, what would they find out um, well, it's kind of aimed at front-end developers and designers, so any, basically anyone who works with what you see on our website, I guess, which is quite a broad spectrum of people these days, like UX encompasses a load mm. of different disciplines, and front-end development is a lot different than it was when I started, I have to say. <laughs> so much more complicated. Yes. So there's quite a broad range, and just anyone who's interested in getting into front-end or UX, I think, it's one of the reasons we've priced it so low at 50 quid is to make it so that people who are just thinking if they want to get into the field or switching mm -hmm. roles, it's maybe something they could come along to without having to invest too much money and just see if they're interested. We're going to, so we've got four speakers confirmed already. I'll let take Katie tell you about them in a sec because she knows she's that speaker organiser. We all have very distinct roles, survivors. Um, but we're going to try and keep the range of topics quite broad so we won't have two, two talks about React or something mm -hmm. like that. We don't want to bore people. We want to. Is, is it at that level as well, or is it? Are you doing, you know, um, user research and some of the kind of well, know, the more workshoppy sides of design as as well as the implementation so side? We've had our call for papers, which closed last week, and we have um, was it eighty four submissions to read through. I was reading through them wow. last night, and then this weekend. That's a good haul. We're all getting together to shortlist. We've going through like a anonymised shortlisting first, and then we're yeah. kind of do it in more detail to make sure we have a broad range, but we do want to, we don't want it just to be for developers. We want it to be for UX people as well. Mm -hmm. So hopefully something along the lines of user research, there's definitely some talks submitted on that. Yeah, we've had a really huge range of topics submitted, um, which is really exciting. It's, it's always promising when you're going through all the submissions and you, well, I've, I've given 20 different submissions a five-star rating so far. Wow. <laughs> how, how many, Shortlisting's oh, going to be tough. Tomorrow, how many days are you running is. over? <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be, it's a good problem to have, as yeah. I like to yeah. say. I need to buy more coffee for tomorrow when we're shortlisting. Yeah. So um, tell us a bit more about the speakers that you've definitely got lined up already. So we decided that we wanted to have a 50-50 split between invited speakers and um, speakers who are applying th through our Call for Proposals mm -hmm. uh, programme. Um, the speakers that we've uh, invited so far include um, Florence Okoye, um, Rachel Andrew, Peter Aitken and Leonie Watson. And they speak on a, on a range of different topics. Um, are they all external to Sheffield? Are they coming here for the conference? Are they based They're here? all coming here for the conference. Fantastic. Yeah. That's really good. So I think Florence is from London, Rachel's from Bristol, Peter's from Glasgow, and Leonie's from Bristol as well, I think. Mm -hmm. Um they they talk on a range of on a range of different um topics. 
So uh, Florence is talking about user experience and design and designing for inclusive experiences on websites. Um, we've got Rachel Andrew, who is um, one of the foremost authorities on CSS layout and the new grid-based system. Okay. So if you've ever worked in a digital agency and you've always wanted to create a website based on a grid system as designers do, um, that's how like that is a layout system <coughs> is designed for doing that. It's very exciting. We've got Peter Aitken, um, who is uh, the organiser of the Global Diversity CFP Day, which is a programme that's aimed to get more diverse voices and faces into applying to conferences and speaking at conferences. Um, he's going to do a talk on making the community accessible to people, get more people coming to conferences. And we've got Leonie Watson, who is going to be um, talking on a subject that isn't confirmed yet, but hopefully talking about um, either web accessibility or making software for um, voice devices such as uh, the Amazon and Apple boxes that you can get. Mm -hmm. That sounds, I'm, I'm mentally thinking even I might go along to that and I don't do anything front-endy other than consume it, but it sounds like really interesting stuff. Yeah, well, front-end yeah. is not just web anymore, I guess, is it? No, There's no. There's lots of new Absolutely. ways of interacting with computers. All the new devices everyone has constantly, the yeah. watches and everything. Yeah. Fab. So, um, I forgot to ask you, where is it taking place? How, how big a venue have you got? Um, so it's at the Crucible, famous for wow. snooker and theatre. I've never been to snooker, but I've been to theatre there. It's been pretty good. Um, so we think that'll be a really good venue. Obviously, we're not doing it in the round because that wouldn't really make sense. Mm. So we'll have kind of a segment of it. So we're hoping for up to 250 people. So we think that'll fit quite nicely with being able to have a screen on the stage and yeah. everyone being able yeah, to see cool. quite well. Yeah. Great. It's a really flexible space, the Crucible, actually, because you can... You know, you can sort of mask off the rear seats and you can change how many seats that you make available in front. But, you know, you can use the whole horseshoe if you really get oversubscribed. So, so have they given you the venue or are you having to pay for it? We're, we're paying for it. Yeah. Which we're doing with the help of our lovely sponsors, who Hooray. I will have to give a shout out to now. Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> shout out for the sponsors. Go for it. So um, our main sponsor is my employer, Autodesk. So they're our gold sponsor. Um, so... There'll be, there'll be someone from Autodesk, one of my team, who I'm bullying into it to come and do a little lightning talk and talk about <laughs> how great working for Autodesk and that we actually do front-end development, which isn't very well known. Mm -hmm. um, we also have other local companies, so Evoluted, who are an uh, agency based in the city centre. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Nimble. Right. Egress, who I think are based in a workstation. Uh, yeah, they're at Electric Works, Egress. Yes. Oh, yeah. Electric Works, that's yeah. it. And The Notist, which is Rachel Andrews. Uh, company yeah it's um it's designed as a space for speakers to host their talks and to hold their uh, their biographies and information about them so they can share their talks after they've been given fantastic okay. well it's really great to see so many companies in the city getting behind the event mm. and particularly a bunch of those are also Sheffield Digital members so double thank well you done, to guys. them that's great <laughs> well done for stepping up everybody um so You've mentioned that you've closed the call for proposals for presentations now. Are there other ways that people can get involved if they want to? There are many ways. Um, uh, we are currently um, starting to look for volunteers at the event. We need um, we rely on volunteers to make the conference happen smoothly. Uh, amongst the things that we are looking to uh, 
um, recruit volunteers for is helping with the cloakroom, um, helping to give out passes to sign people in in the morning, mm-hmm. um, uh, to help people get around the venue, to um, uh, uh, for people to ask questions, um, to help keep tabs on speakers, to make sure that we've got the next speakers lined up. Um, and uh, in exchange for your time, we will try and rotor in um, some off time so you can see about 50% of the talks that will be going on oh. and you, you'll get a free ticket as well. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, let's, let's have, I mean, we can probably have a little chat offline actually because obviously the students and uh, students at the University Technical College just down the road here as well that do creative and digital media that might be interested in doing that and, and depending yeah. on the timing, um, yeah. we could maybe do a tie-in with them. But um, anyone else should get in touch with you and I guess we'll, we'll talk about your how to contact you at the end, are you are you looking for sponsors as well? Oh. Yep, we're still looking for sponsors because um, we're kind of almost running a minimal viable conference, really, yeah. so there's not <laughs> going to be a lot of bells and whistles. But kind of, we've you've got enough sponsorship to be able to do it now, yeah, which yeah. is great. But um, now you people but, can add value by yeah, we can sponsoring do things, things like have a social, have a photographer, have a nicer yeah. to have things. So, yeah. yeah, if anyone is interested in sponsorship, please get in touch. Cool. All the details are on the website. Okay, and the website address is frontendnorth.com. That's easy to find. And what are the dates of the conference? Um, the conference is on February the 7th of February. I'll yeah. go again. <laughs> the conference is on February the 7th. Um, that's a Friday. Friday. And is it all day? Yes. Yeah. Great. Makes mental note. Okay. Um, is the, Other than needing volunteers and needing sponsors, is there anything else that you need from the community to help make the, the conference a success? Um, there's one particular thing that I'd like to shout out about, and that is that we're looking to have a Lightning Talks segment. This has been a very successful segment at various different conferences, but particularly Front End North in the past. I'd like to shout out to the efforts of the original organisers in doing this. Um, so we give a, a a single slot instead to just one speaker who had applied through the CFP. Instead, we'd give it to four different mm-hmm. people and they would do five minutes each of a lightning talk. Lightning talk is five minutes, seven minutes, very short. It's a good way to get into speaking. It's a good way to see how you feel in front of a crowd. Um, and it's a good step to developing your career and your profile as someone in the digital community. Um, It's also really fun. It's a creative thing to do. It helps you get well known. It's really good for networking. Um, And we are looking to do a lightning talk segment at this year's event. Okay. And again, through the website to get in touch with you if they're interested in that? We haven't put anything up on the website just yet. Um, Stand by. Um, We are as Amy said, running a bit of a MVP conference, we're going to try and have it as organi- organised as soon as possible. Because it's fairly, um, we're leaving it fairly late, we do want to attract local people yep. and we want to help build the, the profile of the local community and give the local community a chance to be on that stage. So if you're interested in using it as your soapbox to come and show and tell, it's a lot of fun. So we'd be looking to do that. Fantastic. I really like that. I love the idea of giving people kind of a safe way to put their toe in the water of having a go at speaking, knowing that it's only a few minutes, knowing that you're in front of an audience who are going to be really supportive and interested, that you're in your local crowd. That's all great ways to get started. And I 
am always really keen to encourage all sorts of people to get out of their comfort zone and get up and speak because it it is it's not only character building but but it is as you say a fantastic way to raise your profile to make new connections uh, to network to perhaps open up new opportunities so if you're out there folks and you've been always kind of nervously thinking about maybe you might like to try giving a talk this sounds like it'd be a really good opportunity to do that as i like to say the reason that i got into conference talking is it it makes the being at a conference, it makes the social issues die away a little bit because people come up to you to introduce themselves so you don't have to. Mm. It's the it's the secret reason that I do speaking. I just <laughs> hang out with Katie at conferences, so that helps. <laughs> you just wait, people come and talk to yeah. Katie and then she introduces them to you as well. That's a yeah. good plan. Yeah. Yeah. So if not for yourself, do it for your friends. It's a good <laughs> it's it's a good favour. But beyond speaking buy a ticket, come and get involved in your local community. It's a day out. It's fairly, um, it's fairly cost effective and you get to meet your local community. You get to network, you get to find, get to find out about all sorts of other events that are happening. It's a good day out. Yeah. And a, a good thing to tell your boss that it's, it's actually for your professional development as well. Yep, it's not just a day out of the office, but you're going to learn a whole lot as well by the sound of it. Yeah. It really is. Dip into those training budgets. Yeah. Definitely. And it'll be for probably the cheapest conference you're going to get sent to. Yeah. Ask, ask to be sent to. <laughs> yeah. And the closest. Yeah. <laughs> good sell. I yeah. like that. Um, so this is the first year that you've taken on running the conference that will happen in 2020. Are you hoping to be able to do it every year? Um, we are not making any plans beyond this one. We're trying to be as sensible as possible and not push ourselves too far. One thing that we have in the back of our minds is that we have lots of good friends who have gone before us in organising conferences and it is an awful lot of work. Mm. So one thing that I think my fellow organisers have been very good at bringing to the table is just let's not talk about any future years. Um, if we do do it again, that's a, an if. Um, we'd like to do it again maybe in 2022, but that is... We're not committing to anything. We want to do the best job in organising this one that we can. Yeah. And then take stock afterwards, see where you're at, see what feels right in terms of when and how and if. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to, sh I'd like to shout out to other various conferences that I've taken a break and have shown that this can work. Um, Scotland JS, New Adventures in Web Design and um, JS Conf EU have all taken breaks. They've prioritised the health and well-being of their organisers, which is very important. That's the only reason that these events can keep happening. Um, so taking breaks is really important. Yeah. Good, good, good shout. Um, you've mentioned that, you know, front end, um, the front end meetup sells out every month. There's a really good community. You've got about 600 people following you and, and signed up. So my next question was going to be, you know, what kind of front-end community is there in Sheffield in the north? But it sounds like it's big and it's vibrant and it's growing. Would that be right? It does, does seem to be, yeah. I mean, like Manchester and Leeds both have their own communities and their own front-end meetup. The one in Manchester, um, what's it called? Fred. It's not called Fred. Everyone calls it Fred and the organiser gets a bit annoyed, but that's kind of what it looks like on the profile. It's, it's, Manchester, um, it's Manchester Fred. Um, he doesn't like it it being called McFred, but they're, they're fabulous people. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a really lovely community in the North and there's some good 
good cross-pollination of people who go to each one. But also importantly for us, there's a good um, range of people who are willing to get on the train and come and speak at the other user groups as well. Yeah, yeah. That's really important. And do you think there's a case to be made to to sort of shout about the sheer volume of front-end talent and expertise that there is up here in the north of England? Yeah, absolutely. There is a really, really good thriving front-end community, a digital community beyond that in the north of England. It's a good place to come and start your business. Um, there's always been a wealth of people who have really... Um, uh, up to speed on the latest front-end technologies in Sheffield in particular because of our huge history of digital agencies, um, which have, for, like a, for me at least, been a wonderful proving ground for training being to working mm. for international companies. Um, and I think it's also proving to be a good place to, ha- to have several offices. There are several companies that have offices in not just one city in the north, but maybe in another in Liverpool mm. as well. Mm. Um, I'd like to shout out to the other events as well. There's Leeds JS, there's Leeds Frontend, um, there's uh, uh, user groups in Liverpool as well, um, and there's a JavaScript user group in Manchester. Did you want to add to that, Amy? Um, no, I think I, I'd agree on Kate with that. I think there's kind of a perception that all the kind of cool new tech jobs are in London, and then mm. there's not. There's a lot of interesting things happening in Sheffield and Leeds and Manchester, and it's really good to see it grow. Mm. Like. Service Life had to commute is Manchester for a job. Yeah. No, that's not too bad. Really. That's a really interesting point, especially for students, I think, who are, you know, looking to get on the ladder, looking to come out and find something. I think sometimes it's it's difficult to get across just what the opportunities are locally to them. There's a lot of assumption that, oh, well, you know, as much as they love being in Sheffield, they'll probably need to move to get a job. And that's really not the case. You're right. We've got We've got lots of quite storied agencies that are a great proving ground and, and training ground for young professionals coming through. Yeah. Do you do you get a lot of students? Have you tried marketing front end Sheffield to students and getting more in front of them to kind of pull that on? Or? We did a little, well, at the start we did a bit because we were in one of the university buildings for a little bit. We moved our venue around initially. Yeah. Um, students, they come and go really. Occasionally you'll get their lecturer will go, yeah. Why do you go to this and you all turn up? But it doesn't tend to be that. It's difficult to sustain, coming. isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, it's endless September, they say, you know, it's like a new influx all the time. So you need to start from scratch with the communications again. So, yeah, it's hard to get students to turn up. And that's not because they're just students, like they're often too tired and very busy. And it's it's difficult to get them to break out of their, their own little mm. social circle. Um going away to a new place, new city can be really hard. Mm. Um, so, it, but it is an important part if we could encourage more students mm. to come. Um, I know that there's a lot of um, faculty members in Sheffield Hallam University personally who want students to be exposed to the um, the world of the industry, to be mm. involved in people who are actually working um, in the world that they're going to go into when they graduate. Mm. Is there anything that you would say to students who were thinking about, you know, I maybe want to go and work in digital, I'm not sure what bit I'd be interested in. What would you tell them about front-end work and why it's interesting? Um, Front-end work is uh, 
something that I enjoy doing because it's very visual. You get immediate feedback. Um, you get to, it's, it's creative. You get to see what you make. You get to work with a blank page, which is really exciting. Um, it also prepares you well for working in all sorts of other places too. Um, you get to work with the most popular um, programming language out there, JavaScript, and that um, gives you an opportunity to learn the ropes with a f very well-documented, well-supported language with an, with an excellent community that can help you out. And then you can move into other areas, different programming languages, once you know the essentials of programming. Mm. Okay. Does it, I mean, I wonder how, how it is nowadays. I mean, obviously, you know, when, when web design started as a thing, um, a lot of designers came from print and there was always a big gulf between design and implementation. Um, I know it's one of the things that in, over my career we really tried to address and try to get designers who know how to code and even before, you know, um, HTML5 and CSS. Um, and now that's kind of developed into a, a whole front-end capability and front-end developers and the recognition that people that do that kind of work are developers as much as they are designers. Um, but I wonder how it's really evolved now in terms of data and analytics. So, you know, it's, it, on the one hand, it's working with people and the psychology of how people use software or how people engage with a system or a, a product. Um, but obviously you, you can build a lot of um, visibility into the product to see how they're really using it and what they're doing is how much of, how, how, I guess, how, how much of that is part of the job now and how fun is it to actually see how your, your um, product is being used in practice? Um, I think it varies a huge amount on the place you work everywhere does it quite differently. I've worked places where it'll just be someone in a completely different department doing that. And then you'd get mm. some vague information sent down to you six months later when the whole thing's changed anyway. Um, I've been places where as a developer, I've been involved in actually doing user mm. research and going out and testing applications with people, which was really beneficial. I learned a lot from doing that. Um, yeah. I have found that people are very good at gathering data, mm. but not very good at analyzing it and then taking results yes, of that. Making it actionable. Practice. Yeah. Everyone has Google Analytics. No one knows what to do with it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. the, oh, it's good to know that nothing's changed that much then. No, so not really, sorry. <laughs> the web is now arguably the number one platform in the world for software. So yeah. there's there's tooling there's tooling for absolutely everything that you could imagine. Um, but the the most exciting development in my time, I think, as as Amy said, is that there's more of a culture of marketing releasing this data to you as a front end engineer. It used to be when I started. It's like, what, why, why do you want to know that? What are you going to do with it? Now we can do things like A-B testing where we can put a feature out and give one version of the feature to 50% of the users and another version of the feature to the other 50%. And we can see which one is the more effective one. Actually so run experiments. Yeah, there's been a sea change in the attitude and the method of um, developing features in front end now. Yeah, that's really exciting stuff. It's, yeah. Yeah. To see how, you know, a profession is born and then develops and professionalizes. Um, so yeah, I guess all of those things are going to be discussed at the conference. Yes. So is there anything else you wanted to tell everybody about the conference? Anything we've missed or anything you want to remind them about? Um, one thing, it, we've probably made it seem like me and Katie are doing all the work, but it's actually five of us involved who are organising it. So the others are Laura Kishimoto, Ian Parr and JP Archer, and we'll 
work together and have our different roles and have regular meetings. So excellent. Yeah, Shout out to them as well. But yeah. they're hard Absolutely. to work on their actual day jobs right now. <laughs> yeah, I've, um, it's important for us that everyone takes like an even share. We don't want to burn any one particular person out. Um, I know several people who are responsible for managing conferences on their own. Peter Aitken, one of our speakers, is one of the people who who shoulders that massive burden on their own. And it's a lot of work. Mm. Um, so the fact that we can share it across five different people makes it an awful lot more sustainable to us. And it's also not a case that um, Amy and I are the public facing speakers of the conference. It's shared evenly. We don't have, we don't have a front end staff and a back end staff. We're all taking an equal share of the work. Excellent. And it sounds like you're doing an amazing job. It's going to be a really good conference. So just to remind everybody that's on Friday, the 7th of February next year at the Crucible in Sheffield. Tickets are just £50. Grab them while they're still available. I expect they're going to go fast and you can get them from the website, which is frontendnorth.com. If you're interested in doing lightning talks or in volunteering, then I would say probably reach out to Katie and Amy and we can signpost that yep you can contact us on twitter there's an email address on the website as well which i mm -hmm. think is info at frontendnorth.com but probably check that okay that's great and yeah we look forward to it and hope loads of people get involved thank you thank so you. much yeah thanks for coming along cheers i'm back with some exciting information for everybody i enjoyed that it's nice to listen to a to an interview as opposed to do one <laughs> it's easier <laughs> Um, if you want to subscribe to the Sheffield Digital Podcast, the sensible thing to do, you can do that in Apple Podcasts or you can do it in uh, Overcast or Pocket Cast, wherever you particularly want to subscribe to it. Uh, you can also go onto the website and we'll find uh, you'll find some links um, on the uh, blog post that we publish. And all the other episodes are on there too. If you want to go back through the, uh, the archives, there is plenty to find and lots to enjoy. And, um, and I think that's it. Well done, Mel. Well done, Chris. Thank you, Ian. You were watching over us, so we didn't make a mess of it. <laughs> Easy job this time. <laughs>